Those calls him to the wind He doesn't care about himself You'd really be a fool To think he cares about someone else He's not really much out Welcome everyone to our wrestling podcast. This is Jess, along with Craig and Cuz, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industries, just opinions from the diehards. Talking to you and me. I know I fucked that up a little bit. Today's topic is Jack 1993. It's a favor and give us a follow on social media. We are our wrestling podcast on Facebook. We are our wrestling channel on YouTube. We are at OWP19 on Instagram and Twitter. And by the way, if you guys just like audio, that's totally fine too, because we can get found on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, SoundCloud. What else, cuz? I know I'm missing Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, I didn't only, say it's only fans. David. And OnlyFans. Like something awful. And, and what? What'd you say? What? Nothing. <laughs> so you're talking about uh cat and that's why Dave does this job. I don't I don't have anything to say. I don't have to defend myself. Um I did just fine uh for my first time. Uh we're doing Cactus Jack nineteen ninety three. I chose this too because uh well I'm being selfish and like one of my uh I know everybody says some of their favorite years in WCW is during the the Monday Nitro era, the Monday Night Wars, and I'm not again, I'm not shitting on you for there's a lot of good cruiserweight stuff. NWO was a hot angle. But one of my personal favorite years, for whatever odd reason, is WCW 1993. And I don't know why. So I in 93, I picked because I think it's one of the pivotal years. Obviously, he won the world title in WWF and all that. And those are all his greatest times. But I think 93 was a really defining moment for Cactus Jack. So I'll just jump in here and uh, I'll let you guys chime in as well and talk about Cactus here on this year. Uh, in 92, I remember like him starting to make a little bit of waves. Like He came out... Uh, I think it was at 91 is when he came out as like the special prize in the box. And then he feuded with Sting and uh, he had been in WCW in like 89, 90, left for a bit and then came back in 91 and was teaming with Abdullah for a while, kind of toiled around in 92. But then like really at the beginning of 93, um, after spending his original half of WCW as a heel, Cactus Jack transitioned to a fan favorite after engaging in a feud with Paul Orndorff, Holly Race, and Big Van Vader. I remember a uh, specific uh, Clash of the Champions. Uh, I think I'll note here too. Um, uh, Jack and Orndorff wrestled each other at a match on uh, for a spot on WCW Worldwide uh, on the for Vader's team at Clash of the Champions 22. After the match race, and Orndorff beat up Cactus Jack. At the following Clash of the Champions event, Cactus helped Sting's team win. I remember they had this Thunderdome cage match. And I don't remember who, I think it was Ron Simmons. It was after Ron Simmons lost title to Vader. Simmons was legitimately injured, so they did an angle to take him off TV. And they had Vader attack him. And then, so Sting's team went in down one person against Vader's team. And then Cactus ran in there and like solidified his face turn, threw the cage open, said, I'm going to join their team, and ended up winning the match for his team. So it was kind of like after that, at the very, very beginning of 93, it was like, okay, Cactus is a face. Which is surprising to me as a fan because I was like, this guy is not your traditional like baby face looking guy. He wasn't this muscular tan guy. He was fucking, we thought he was crazy. I think legitly back here in 93. Um, Now. Right, 
do you remember anything like from him back in 93, like in the early 93? I think Craig, I know we watched him really close in WCW uh, and we were just, we were impressed at the, the chances that he took, but uh, did you remember, did you really think that he was going to be in the main event later on in the year? No, I mean, I, he, you were starting to kind of get to see him with um, in tag tag bouts and he was just throwing himself all over the place. At least uh, he, he sold out here. He sold out like he was moving up the car and had a great spot against kind of Vader later on in the year. But like when he became a face, but thank God at this point he was getting at least credit, more eyeballs on the stunts that he was doing and throwing his spine over rails and doing sunset flips on the concrete every single match, whether it was like house show or Saturday night or any, or any kind of pay-per-view. So, or taking any guitar to the head or whatever, just to prove. So that he was, he was really starting to get traction right here. Well, it's funny that you say that too, because he engaged in a feud with Paul Orndorff before they were kind of priming him for Vader here. First stop was Paul Orndorff. Um, he uh, won a Falls Count Anywhere match against Paul Orndorff at Super Bowl three in 1993, and then he moved on to Big Van Vader. But you say that because that was the spot where Orndorff took him outside in the middle of the aisle and suplexed him over the guard railing. But Cactus, like the way it caught Cactus in the middle of his back, he pivoted and took a suplex over the top. And I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And like, if, there was something if you watch a did... VHS or a DVD of that or on the network to this day, you go, oh, when he gets suplexed on his back off the metal rail. You've never seen anything like it. And it does take your breath away when you watch. like, what the fuck did I just watch? Shovel with him in one form or the other ever since then. Look at this! A suplex across the safety rail. He landed the small of the back on the safety rail on that suplex. I mean, there's no way that you can possibly train for a match like this, Giovanni. No way whatsoever. Yeah, and he started like going out to the crowd too. He would grab cameras from crowd members and hit his opponent in the face with the cameras and stuff. And like he wasn't afraid to like get out there and uh, start really, uh, you know, getting dirty. What I think, because God, I mean, I know you were watching wrestling at this point, but like when did you start noticing him? Because you watched WCW on and off, right? Yeah, like Back here. I was at the point where like I knew WWF. And then when we would watch WCW, I didn't really think of it as WCW. It was just watching wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he wrestled Big Van. He started his feud with Big Van Vader on April 6, 1993. He won the match by countout, but Vader beat him to death, like pretty much after. I, I was going to say, dare I say this count. is, uh, you could say this is the, well, Mike Austin and Masato Tanaka were doing doing it already, you know, around this time already in Japan and stuff. But you can say this was like similar in comparison as far as hard hitting and uh, as far as their, their matches with each other, just like Masato yeah. Tanaka and Mike Austin. It made you that same like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, you know type of shit yeah and and like i said too they were you know they were just unselfish with each other like they yeah. would hit each other knowing like i'm gonna fuck you up okay cool like but i'm gonna do that to you this was always yeah, weird to well, me because he was just like i'm gonna i need to like bump better like i need to take i'm gonna take a fall and that's crazy like to think about that better. like most people like if you and i were talking and we got you know put in a match together we'd be like oh let me get my shit in and you'd be like okay cool let me get my shit in too and like you know we'd talk about that actress was more like I think you should hit me with a chair in the face. And this opponent's like, I'm sorry, what? And then you're going to hit me? Not really. I mean, if you want to, I don't care. But I, you hit me in the face. I know how to take it. And I'm going to fall on the concrete. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, and Vader, I think we'll talk about it too. Vader was so feared like back here in 93. Oh, yeah. That there's a story, a famous story about like when enhancement talent would look on the board and see if they were facing the Steiners because the Steiners were known to be really stiff against enhancement talent or Vader would either cry or just be like i don't want to i'm not going to do this tonight like i'd rather pass and you keep your 50 bucks or whatever you know whatever it is they paid the enhancement talent because even, vader was so brutal uh with enhancement talent even cactus was throwing some pretty fucking i mean i don't they looked pretty 
pretty hard uh, punches. I don't know if if he was actually holding back on them, but like the pu- the punches and kicks that he delivered to Vader in the, the Saturday night main event match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, though, I mean, those look pretty legit. So it looked like he was Vader's defense, though, too. Vader was known, like especially in later in his career, you would see him in the corner. He's like, hit me. He liked to see it. Yeah, he would be yelling at people to hit him. Like Vader liked it back too. Like Like, Vader liked to know. I think in his heart, Vader's like, if you hit me back, I know we're even. (laughs) Yeah, because I know I just clobbered the shit out of you on that one. So and even Um, before this, like Orndorff, like you'd never seen Orndorff be like, okay, I can. You're you're really telling me that you can do all that you you want me to do all this shit to you? Okay. And you'd never seen that sadistic side of Paul Orndorff like at all through that like that that feud with Foley. Foley would just let him do everything he wanted, and Foley kind of still got over and elevated them both. And Ovi, um, Foley got over in the end with the shovel right to the face. He got the greatest pop, and it was worth it. But like Orndorff, you'd never seen Orndorff like Orndorff like with Orndorff like uh, with 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 Foley. You're Get like, a hardcore stance. Yeah, I always thought that insane. too with Orndorff. Yeah. They brought the best out in Orndorff. It's one of my favorite Orndorff matches. And yeah. yes, I know that he toured WWF and he toured for like a year with Hogan and like had all those fucking matches that sold out and fucking set gate records and all that. But like for some odd reason, one of my favorite Orndorff matches is against Cactus Shack at Super Bowl. Because you never because, knew he had it yeah. in him to like, yeah, to be like that with him. Like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you and you're going to, and you, you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Despite despite knowing how vicious Vader was, Foley decided to continue his program with Vader, and as a result of Cactus's victory, a rematch with Vader on April 24th, the two executed a dangerous spot to sell a storyline. And I believe this was on WCW Saturday Night. Harley Race had removed the protective mats at ringside, and Vader powerbombed Cactus Shack ah. onto the exposed concrete floor, causing a legitimate concussion and causing Foley to temporarily yes. lose sensation in his left foot. Race has removed the mats! If he powerbombs him here gently, he'll kill him. He powerbombed him on the cement, Tony! He's not moving! He's not gonna get up. He can count all day. Powerbombed him on the cement! You see, his his eyes are open! This match is over! Uh, while Foley was away, WCW ran with the angle where Cactus Jack's absence was explained by a like with a, a kind of a bullshit comedy storyline in which he went crazy and lost his mind. Uh, oh, he was institutionalized hilarious. and then escaped so and then developed amnesia. And I remember it was like called uh, what was it? What was when he was like sitting Foley? in the bar, right? Or the restaurant. Or yeah. Whatever. And they did like every week they kept doing like these things. He was in the alleyway and he was like leading a bunch of homeless people. He was like their Fuck. like kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. We and did it, it was on called, something, like, right? It, what, well, it was what, like Foley in Cleveland. Or, no, it was not Foley. It was Cactus in Cleveland or something like that. Like lost in Cleveland, lost in Cleveland. So they were they had it was this like a, fake yeah, news it was reporter like burning oil cans in a homeless yes, development. It, they had this fake news reporter that would just every week they had like I don't remember how many weeks this went on for four or five weeks, and she was like, "Hello, everyone. I'm so and so." It was like a fake newscaster, and she was going to places to try to find Cactus Jack, try to find Cactus Jack, and like I remember one when they finally found him, they had like this fake. It wasn't even his real wife. Who are you? Yeah, he's all. Who are you? And she's like. I'm wife and he was like i don't have a wife like and it was crazy like so and cactus even his book said he was so disappointed that wcw 
wanted to like do make a farce out of it basically because fully had wanted the injury storyline to be serious and genuine uh, generate genuine sympathy for him before his return yeah. he felt that would be like a realistic wrestling you know this guy powerbomb me on the concrete i just disappear for five six weeks and then i come back and yeah and, you know he never forgot like fight. bobby heenan like when he took a a, a power bomb to the concrete and then bobby heenan saying like excedra number well, five that was, later. was the yeah yeah, that was later. That was a year later. Yeah. Like he lost his ear in Germany. So they decided to give him and Vader kind of like a revamp their feud on WCW Saturday night. And Vader powerbombed him on the concrete again. And then instead of them selling it like they did the first time where Shivani was quiet and like they stretched him out, it was like Bobby Heenan's like, wow, that's Excedrin number nine or whatever. Like he said, like, you know, yeah. it's like, and that was it. And fully, fully said at that he point, asked he's for like, very little to company. put his entire yeah. life on the line, fully asked for very little. And that's to respect the storyline yeah. and not make fun of it. Yeah, and they couldn't even do it like on two occasions. Yeah, the the comedy vignettes in WCW produced uh, instead were so bad that fully jokes in his "Have a Nice Day" book that they were the brainchild of WCW executives who regarded a uh, like re- like tried to see it as like a money making uh, feud, and this was trying to like if we put like a silly little gimmick on it, it's going to hook people in. It's gonna it's what WWF does. It's what WWF does. And like, they never got it. WCW just never got it that you can't out WWF Vince ever. And like, they would try all the time and they would do these stupid things. And they thought this is how you make a big money feud is you do a stupid skit. And then he's got amnesia, but when he gets his memory back, Oh man. But cactus is like, no, how about when I just recover from a brutal power bomb that he put me through on the outside of the ring, just me recovering from that is going to get your pop that your baby face needs. So, um, and one of WCW's most violent and brutal matches ever, Hector Shaq faced Vader in a Texas death match, a variation of last man standing match at Halloween havoc, 1993 in new Orleans on October 24th. Uh, after having a wheel spin, uh, after having a wheel spun, and then so they did the spin the wheel, make the deal. They spin the wheel, and there was a bunch of different matches on it, and happened to la- land on the Texas Death Match. Um, like we talked about this in our like in our archives, the Legacy of McFoley. We've talked about it with the review of Halloween Havoc '93 that we did. This is like he's done a lot of good stuff, but I still do go back and I watch this match and, and it's really rough now when you watch it. Cause they've kind of refined hardcore matches and they've almost put like a rhythm to hardcore matches now that you can do. And you can kind of see the rhythm, but back here though, man, if you go back and watch uh, Halloween havoc 93, it was really bad, like in good, bad in a good way. Like they did some of the stuff they did. I was like, dude, they just, uh, you know, they don't care. Like, as you say, like on their WCW Saturday night, like match, like, on this match, they were just fucking laying it in. Like there was just a spot outside. I remember where he was punching Vader as hard as he could in the face. And then Vader would come back with that, you know, that famous Vader hook or whatever, and just knock Foley's head off the chair shots that Foley took to the head from Vader was like, like breathtaking. Uh, the back bump where uh, cactus jumped on his back and then Vader fell back on the ramp. And like, even Ventura was like, all Ventura said was like that spot happened and Ventura was quiet. And he just goes, Whoa. Like he was just so like blown away. Whoa. He's like, whoa. Uh, the match Somebody would, uh, the match would end. Unfortunately, like I, I hated this point because like they made it clear before the match happened that it was unsanctioned and it would not be for the WCW championship. But race won the match for Vader by using a stun gun on cactus to knock him out at the end. Uh, the level of violence and brutality involved in this match left the crowd and the commentators, Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura in stunned disbelief. Both did not commentate much throughout the second half of the match. Um, it also caused WCW 
uh, a promotion that was trying to market itself as a family friendly, especially when Bischoff was taking over. He was trying to push it and convince Turner to keep investing money into it. Well, we'll do family friendly stuff. We'll do this. Let's get the kids money in there. So basically it caused them to never want to book Cactus and Vader against each other again because they didn't. WCW didn't want to be about that violence. Vader carried him back up to the runway, back to the graves again. Oh, falls back with him. Oh. Whoa. That was 400 and some pounds. Yeah, Watch out for race, too. He broke some ribs here. He had to break some ribs. And Bischoff is open about that, you know, especially when he became executive vice president in 94. He's like, one of the reasons why Mick left was because Mick's like, I have so many ideas. I have all this stuff. And he's like, you're too violent. Like, you can't wrestle a regular match like the way I want. And, you know, heaven forbid they try to flush a character out of him, which Vince did later. But, I mean, he still did crazy shit. I mean, he got thrown off a fucking cell, by <laughs> so, the way. Eric, um, I got it. Pepsi you know, but Eric just... match. <laughs> <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why don't we do a match where it's Pepsi Crystal Clear and yeah. that's our sponsor? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's stupid. It's all bright lights. Super stupid. Stupid. It's like, yeah, it's like a bright, like white light for clear. Like, yeah. Um, Cactus appeared in the Battle Royal uh, uh, pay-per-view in November uh, uh, in 1993, but was eliminated. Sorry, uh, Battle Bowl pay-per-view in November 93, but was eliminated from the final Battle Royal after winning a tag team match where he was forced to team with Vader. For people who don't remember the Battle Bowl concept, it was like random people were drawn and they would have to team up with someone. And it was a series of tag matches. And then whoever won the tag matches would advance to a Battle Royal at the end of the night. Terrible concept. Kind of looks cool on paper, but never worked out in real life. Uh, so basically after uh, October and Halloween Havoc, it was pretty much the writing was on the wall for him. They were just moving in a different direction. They were trying to woo Hogan at this point, even though Hogan wouldn't come in until later in uh, 94. And they were just trying to be a little bit more family friendly, no blood. So there was no place for Cactus anymore. Um, his final pay per view appearance that, in 1993. Pete Peterson. Sorry, his, Pat his final pay per view appearance in 1993 was at Starcade in December, where he and his new tag team partner, Max Payne, defeated Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. And that's how he ended. He climaxes. It starts at the beginning did you see of the in the year, Battle Bowl? Like, uh, did you miss? Did I miss it? Um, he actually teamed with Vader to yes, win. His yeah, I said that. Yeah, he teamed with yeah. Vader, which is crazy. Cool, which is kind yeah, of cool. Which, like, which is kind of cool. And then, like, he got eliminated. I, I think Vader might have eliminated him, like, in the Battle Royal towards the end or whatever. But it was like it was painfully obvious that his push was over and like the main event yeah. picture. And uh, he had, I think, he survived for another six to seven months where he was tag teaming with Kevin Sullivan and Max Payne, and they had great hardcore yikes, matches yikes. with the Nasty Boys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like other than that, like Cactus's single, like main event run, unfortunately was over. I, that's why I chose this year is because I really feel like, man, like they had so much to do with Cactus. They could have toned him down a little bit and still just the storyline alone. Just always wanted to be known for storylines. It's like, he would do these hardcore stuff, but he was always like, no, like the storylines, what's going to drive me. The storylines what's going to push me. And they just didn't see it. Yeah. He goes to WWF and it all worked out. Huh? But, uh, yeah. yeah. Shit. So yeah, ninety three was one of my favorite years, like I said, in WCW, and it was the, it was a it was the uh, like kind of a preview to what like he could do, and he just, it was with a company that's like, listen, we don't know what the fuck we're doing ever, like so, like we're not going to do all that. We're going to give you a stupid amnesia storyline, and that's going to take up most of the year. And then the match, like I, I was starting to say earlier, the match with Vader at Halloween Havoc was a non like title non sanctioned match, so there would be no harm in him beating Vader like in a, in a Texas death match because it wasn't for the title. And then when he rematched Vader, Vader could defend the title and beat him. That's how you build drama. You have McFoley win the match 
that's super brutal, but the title wasn't on the line, but it shows you, oh my god, he could beat Vader. He could do it, because he's crazy. Like, he'll take fucking falls on the concrete, he'll take chairs to the head, and he's still fucking, he won't stop, he'll still come back. You have him win that match clean, and then everyone's like, he's gonna win the title. And then you could have Vader beat him at the next Clash of the Champions, or Battle Bowl pay-per-view. It could have been the main event for the world title, and Vader could have just beat him, like, and defended the title. That's fine. Like, Miss didn't even give Foley a chance, and I feel bad. I mean, I don't feel bad now, because, you know, he became a multimillionaire, but, um, like when he used to read his books, I was like, God damn, like they had no idea like what you were just a great storyteller and you like you understood pro, pro wrestling and they just didn't give a shit. Like you, he almost got lucky. Like, I don't know how he lucked into the feud with Vader to begin with. Like I, someone just said, let's just put him with Vader. If I can know. And I think it's because they, I was talking in the middle of the show too, um, that he was just like, yeah, Leon, what do you want to do to me? And Leon's like, I mean, it was. I want to powerbomb me on some shit. Okay. Powerbomb me some, whatever you want to do. Like, and why don't you powerbomb me on the concrete? And I think that was Foley's idea where he was like, just powerbomb me on the concrete. We'll make a huge fucking angle. Like, you'll powerbomb me. You'll be the only one that kind of kept Cactus Jack down because he always used to get up, you know, from whatever. And, but then I'll come back, like, you know, a couple, few weeks later, get a big pop, and then we'll face off in the pay per view. And Foley in his book even said, I never wanted to win the title. I just wanted to, like, get some momentum and like them treat me like I was kind of like a top player or whatever. And like, so but unfortunately it didn't happen, but it all worked out for him. Uh, he had a brief stop in ECW. We know in 1994, 95, and probably some of the best promos of his fucking career there. And then, um, left and then went to WWF as mankind and, uh, never stopped like basically and became Mick Foley as we know him. And he does speaking tours now and everything, but I wanted to take this little memory lane down 1993, you know, and just talk about Cactus Jack. That's all. Uh, anything you guys want to add about uh, the cactus? Yeah. Which is funny. Uh, I was listening to his podcast a little bit earlier today, too. Do you remember where he got that from? No, I don't. It was on WCW TV when he first, first got there. And uh, he knew, like, he was going to... The gimmick that he had from Kevin Sullivan when he first got there in 89, I think it was, uh, or 90, is, like, he would he would lose. He would be, he was enhancement talent, but he would team with an enhancement, another enhancement talent, and let's say they lose to the Steiners. And then after the match, he would pretend like he was picking up his opponent to be like, it's okay, it's okay. And then he would rush and leg sweep them and then throw them over the top rope and then do the elbow from the apron to the outside. So it was like they were using him as enhancement, but they're trying to get him over, like, at the same time, which is kind of creative. And uh, the first time he did it, he lands his elbow and he realized the camera was right in front of him. And in his mind was uh, B-52's Love Shack. The bang, bang, bang on the floor, baby. So he looked at the camera and he's like, bang, bang on the floor, baby. And that's what he said to begin with. And then after that, he just started. He kept coming up with, what if I just do bang, bang? And then he would just bang, bang. And then he just kept doing that. And then it just came nice. bang, like, you know, whenever you do something. That's kind of crazy like to think about that, too. But, uh. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, please join us on social media. We are our wrestling podcast on Facebook, our wrestling channel on YouTube at OWP 2019 on Instagram and Twitter. And do us a favor. Subscribe. Something so fucking stupid. Now. Just please like, I, I don't know what else you want. We do graphics. We do sound clips. We do video clips when we can get away with it. And stupid YouTube won't shut us down. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, we're on audio cuz right. Stitcher. SoundCloud, Heartbreak, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah. We're everywhere. This is being I nice right now, but I'm not being nice because we there's no excuse. We're everywhere. This is uh, uh, Jess. We don't remember what we're on anymore. You know? Yeah, because we're so fucking everywhere. You know, yeah, we're so hip everywhere. and cool. Uh, for the OWP, this is Jess, Greg, and Cuz. 
have a good one, everybody.